Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great to have you joining us today. And I'm back from a break that I took to do some international travel. And uh, today I actually want to talk a little bit about one of the fascinating stories and, and big stories and big insights I learned that I think can really help you in terms of not giving up and reaping the rewards that come when you don't give up. And what I'd like to do over the next series of weeks is do what I like to call the one-offs. In other words, instead of sticking with a theme, uh, I just want to touch on different different kinds of subjects. Um, One thing is today talking about how you can not give up and refuse to quit and reap the great benefits of it. I also want to talk about, I read an article in Washington Post where a guy talked about how he didn't have COVID for two years and then he got it. And there's things he said in that article that I just would not agree with at all. I uh, have been over two years and never had COVID. uh, And my experience of how I didn't have COVID differs greatly from his. And then the fact that he ended up finally getting it, I still haven't. But I'd love to really want to delve into that because I've been to five countries and 14 states and lots of other things that I've done and never gotten COVID and and like to talk about that and why that is and all that sort of stuff. And just want to uh, touch on something about uh, success in your career and some things that you can do, 10 10 things you can do. So I'd just like to spend the next month or so just hitting some of these different disparate sort of topics, things that are on my mind that I think could be helpful to you. Uh, I think very helpful, not giving up your, your career, your health, things that are just extremely important. Uh, so that's what we're going to do over these the next month or so. Uh, I'm looking forward to it before we get back into a specific theme that we'll kind of center on and, and focus on. And um, just want to say for those of you that are like, hey, where's the podcast? You know, just back at it here. Just took a little break. Of course, we'll take our annual summer break, but that's down the road. Let's just focus in here now. Let me just say before I jump in that I do have something new that's come out uh, since uh, last episode, which is uh, called Best Life, Five Days of Inspiration to Live Your Best Life. That is available on the the Bible app, the Version Bible app, largest Bible app in the world, uh, over uh, a half a billion downloads. And I have three plans on there, uh, actually. Um, so this is living and uh, set back to come back. And now this new one, Best Life. So I, any one of those, I would greatly encourage you to to take advantage of. They're all five-day free, by the way. Just go to Bible.com or go on the Bible app, version Bible app, and you'll be able to find them. Uh, again, the Best Life one is the latest and just come out. I'm excited because I have another one that I've got a great idea that I'm working on right now for another one that I think you'll really like. Give you a little teaser. It has something to do with Ted Lasso. So if you've ever watched that series on Apple TV, that's got a tie in there for sure. But I'd encourage you to do that as well as get my book. This is Living Daily Inspiration to Live Your Faith. 100 great devotions or readings, uh, meditations, whatever you want to call them, that uh, helping a lot of people, getting a lot of great feedback about the book. 
and I'd encourage you just got something just yesterday from someone talking about the unique stories and, and just how it ties all together and it's just such a good way to start their day. So you can get that on Amazon. This is Living Daily Inspiration to Live Your Faith. Um, always on the Pray app, another one of the biggest apps in the world there called Pray and Pray.com with my daily devotions with uh, Rick McDaniel. So you can take advantage of that. Just uh, listen to those anytime you want. And of course, some of you are listening on the Pray app to this podcast because the podcast episodes are all also on there. So whatever way you want to, uh, rickmcdaniel.com, always a great place to go if you want to get the latest stuff of what's going on what you can listen to or read that I am doing. So I'd encourage you to to do that as well. And certainly appreciate any reviews, uh, five-star ratings on my podcast, on my book. Always great to have uh, that kind of feedback. Helps other people uh, to know what you like or don't like. And and, uh, I use those, you know, myself, just even my travels, you know, what are people liking, not liking gives you an insight into whether you want to pursue it or not. So for the podcast, a point of impact here, or for the book, This Is Living, that would be greatly appreciated. So as some of you know that are regular listeners, I told you I was going to be taking a break and I was going to be doing some traveling. Uh, I ended up uh, going to Norway and Denmark uh, and the really want to focus in on, on the Norway story because uh, I just think it's fascinating. You know, maybe you know this, But I have yet to find one person that I've talked to about it that really knows the Norway story. Uh, So let's just start here. If I told you that Norway has only been a country since 1905, would that surprise you? Probably, you know, isn't this where the Vikings came from like uh, over a thousand years ago? What in the world? Yeah, they've only been a country for over 100 years. They were a part of Denmark for like 400 years and a part of Sweden for a couple hundred years more. So there's 600 years right there where you thought they were their own country when in fact they weren't. And this country is just got a fascinating history, but it's really got a story that I really think you need to hear about not giving up and man, the rich benefits that come from not giving up. But to just sort of lay the groundwork for that, let's just take a little history lesson. You go all the way back. Yeah, I mean, I was there. I went to the museums, the Vikings that this is, by the way, the Vikings are just from Norway, also from Denmark and and Sweden as well, but most associated with Norway for sure. But go all the way back to say the Black Plague, the bubonic plague in, in, uh, in the Middle Ages, you know, many, many, many years ago. And two thirds of Norway died. And in, in Norway is not in continental Europe, which is fascinating. I thought it was really kind of strictly uh, related to continental Europe. But it turns out that no, the, the Black Plague uh, actually got to all the way to Norway as well. And just a quick history lesson, the Black Plague, the Bubonic Plague was uh, 1346 to 1353. So talk about pandemics, friends. You're talking about incredible pandemic that wiped out about a third of all Europe and somewhere between 100 and 200 million people back then. Imagine how much less the population was died. So an enormous tragedy but in Norway, two thirds in Europe, continental, one third. So two thirds of your population is gone. Boom. Right off the bat. 
That's pretty devastating. And then in the 1800s, half, literally half of the entire country of Norway emigrated to America. There, There are, in fact, more people of Norwegian descent in America than in, in Norway. Yeah, true story. I mean, it's just the kind of stuff that makes traveling so much fun because you just think, how can this stuff be true? Yeah, it's absolutely true. And just again, to just give some context. So Norway is really got a lot of land mass. I mean, it's certainly nothing like the size of America or anything, but for Europe, it certainly does. And here's, again, a fascinating fact. Second longest coastline in the world. Only Canada has more coastline than Norway. So lots of coastline. In fact, there's a little bit of Norway that actually borders Russia, goes all the way around, you know, sort of past Sweden and Finland and ends up there. So it's got a long, long coastline, lots of islands as well. But population wise, not that much larger than the metro Boston area. Boston, about five million and somewhere I've read a couple different numbers, but somewhere between five, say 5.2 and 5.5 million people in the entire country of Norway. So this country loses half of its population. Those numbers, by the way, are present day numbers. People can't get work and they emigrate to America. So pretty tough, right? You you lose two thirds of your people. You through the bubonic plague, you uh, are a part of Denmark for 400 years. Denmark cuts a deal with Sweden to keep from going to war and gives Norway as kind of the prize to keep that from happening. The Norwegians uh, develop their own constitution, want to govern themselves independently. That goes back closer to 200 years, but it takes them almost 100 years more to finally become an independent country. In fact, they celebrate their Constitution Day. It's like their July 4th, but their Constitution Day is not when they became independent. That happened, frankly, much later. So this country's had a, a lot of challenges, even though, again, it has this great history of the Viking roots and, and these incredible explorers that you know went to France and went to England, went to Canada, uh, went to Iceland, all these places in these wooden ships. It's just absolutely remarkable. You, you, you just you, you can't sell them short in terms of, of their adventures. And they were certainly warriors. Now, you know, the level of warrior and whether they should have done some of the things they did, uh, that's uh, certainly up for a great amount of debate. So you come now into the you know, 1900s, 20th century, and what you have is essentially a small fishing nation in the North Sea, and they're, they're struggling. They're absolutely struggling. And then something happens in the Netherlands where they discover some oil, and that really ends up changing everything. That's like a 1958 or something like that. And so the Norwegians decide that they want to start looking for oil. The, the continental shelf, which is where it was found in the Netherlands, runs all the way across to Norway. So Norway has continental shelf. And they decided, hey, if the, the, the Dutch found some oil, maybe 
you know, maybe we can too. And so they drill the first time in 1966. No oil, no gas. And over the next three years, it's the same story time and time and time again. When I say the same story, I mean, you're talking about 200 exploratory drills, zero oil, zero gas. So they give up. But Phillips 66, American oil company, had joined in and had made a contract with Norway. So they were drilling and they were ready to give up too. But the Norwegians said, you know, we can give up, but you got a contract and you got to honor it. So you've got to keep drilling. So even though Phillips 66 did not want to drill, they in fact were forced to do it. Three years, 200 drills, nothing. Time to quit, time to give up. But just before Christmas 1969, Phillips informed the Norwegians that they had discovered oil at a place called Ekofisk, which turned out to be one of the largest offshore oil fields ever discovered, ever, ever. Production then ultimately started June 15th in 1971. Now located, this is located in the southwest corner of the Norwegian continental shelf, Ekofisk. To this day, remains one of Norway's most important fields. There are eight oil fields with a vast central network of rigs and platforms that pump oil to the UK and gas to Germany via the Norpipe pipelines. Yeah. They have pipelines just like the Russians, huh? The Norwegians do too, right? To to the UK and and right to Germany. Now, here's what that resulted in. Norway now is the eighth largest producer of oil in the world and the third largest producer of natural gas. Somewhere between 40 and 70% of their exports, all exports, are oil and gas. The Norwegians have gone on to drill not only more in that southwest portion, but then they started to go up way north Arctic Circle area where they have discovered more oil and gas. So, you know, what what does this mean? Well, Norway is a, totally a socialist country. I mean, just like socialism in, in the classic definition. So the healthcare is provided, a lot of it is state run. And so what they did with their socialist mindset is that they don't have the private oil companies. Um, it's a state oil company, it's all, all owned by the state. And they cut this incredible deal, really incredible, because originally it was supposed to be 50-50, like with any American or British oil company, 50% to them and 50% to the Norwegians. But their Norwegians ended up increasing that to 80%. So even companies that are, are private and are outside of Norway only get to keep 20% and the 80% goes to Norway. Plus they have their own, again, state company, oil and, and gas company. And so since it is state owned, 
it goes into a fund. They have a special fund where all the profits go. And this special fund has grown into the billions and billions of dollars. And as impressive as billions are, billions in America with 330, 340 million people is one thing, but billions in a country that is just a little bigger than the size of Boston, if Boston had billions in surplus, it would just be remarkable. And that's what they have in Norway. And, and just to give you an example of the incredible amount of wealth that this poor, struggling country Barely a country, became a country only a little over 100 years ago. Their biggest exports, you know, were their, were their fish. This country has so much wealth now that when the pandemic hit, anyone who couldn't work was paid 60% of their salary for not working. They already get the, the, the free health care. And on top, and a lot of other freebies, by the way, a lot of other freebies when they have a child, they get this time, ex exceptional amount of time off, paid time off uh, from work, three months. They, I think that childcare is actually free there as well. Um, and 60% of your salary and for two full years. And that's the kind of wealth that they have. That fund is still so large that they could run their entire government for something like three years if they never made another penny, which obviously that would never happen. But just to show you the kind of reserves. I mean, again, you know, you, you hear people say you should have in reserve in your personal finances at least three months, ideally six months of money saved. Not very many people do, but you know, that's what the experts say just in case something happens. That's in your personal finance. In Norway as a country, they have three years, not three months, three years of reserves set, set aside if they ever needed them. So it is an amazing, absolutely remarkable, amazing story of a place that has these incredible Viking roots, but then goes through hundreds and hundreds of years of not even being a country. And then when they finally become a country, they just do not have that many people. They have lost so many people through death and, immig and immigration. They just, emigration, I should say, that there's just no, no one really left there. Massive size versus population. A massive land size and so they just are this kind of small struggling country they try to find oil and gas they can't find any they they give up they're ready to give up the Philip 66 and they keep drilling after three years and 200 drills no success and boom they find oil and then gas and now they're one of the biggest exporters in the world and they have just massive upon massive upon massive amounts of money. And I think it is a, an amazing story and an amazing reminder, using the word amazing a lot. It's a remarkable, it is a remarkable story and it is a powerful reminder about refusing to give up and to keep going there's this great story in the Bible where Jesus said, cast your 
nets out into the deep water and you catch fish. And Peter said, Jesus, we've worked all night long and we haven't caught a thing. There's no fish out there. Jesus said, cast out your nets. Try again. Try one more time. And the Bible says that there were so many fish, they started ripping the nets. They, they had to literally call for another boat to help them because the catch of fish was so great. Cast out your nets again. You know, keep trying. Refuse to allow quitting to be an option in your life. Say, I'm not going to give up. And if I don't give up, then I can reap some rich rewards. And, you know, the riches don't have to be material riches. There's all kinds of things I've said many times. I'll say many times more. There are things in life that money could never buy. Look at Steve Jobs. I mean, the guy was incredible. And then he gets pancreatic cancer. It doesn't matter how much money he has because he didn't have his health. Your health is worth more than money. Happiness in your home is worth more than money. There are things that are far more important. Riches far greater than just material things. So when I say riches, I do not just mean material. I mean all types of riches and blessings, however they may come, including, in, including by the way, material things, but certainly not exclusive to that as well. So there's an, a lesson here about refusing to give up, about casting out our nets again, about keep, keep on trying. Now, what is it really that keeps us from from trying what is it that that gets us to a place where we want to quit and give up i mean it it happens to all of us i mean life is difficult life is hard there's no absolutely no denying that at all and so what we can what we can find is that we come to a place where we we want to quit i think in my years of working with thousands of people and being in both the early part of my life in athletics and then a good part of my life in working with people in, in the church world and in leadership, I think fatigue is a huge, a huge factor in causing us to want to quit. Fatigue attacks our emotions. And so it, 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 it leaves us in a place where we're, where we're really uh, self-protective. It attacks our bodies. It makes us feel weak. It attacks our relationships, leaving us isolated. And really, the, the word for this in many ways is the word overload. We live in an overload culture. Uh, Dr. Richard Swenson is the one who coined the term margin. And I think that you know, obviously the word margin's common, but he defined it. You know, the answer for overload is margin. And margin is the amount that is needed in the life to be strong. It's the leeway between you and your limits. When you reach the max of your resources or abilities, you don't have any margin left. Margin is the room to breathe, the freedom to think, the permission to heal. It's the time to be able to listen and to love. Margin exists for our relationships. And a lack of margin causes us to want to just survive instead of thrive. And without margin, the temptation to quit is very, very great. So we need margin in our lives. 
We need rest. <laughs> I mean, I just got back from, you know, this. There, there, there's just nothing like taking a break for rejuvenation. It just replenishment, all these R-E words, rest, rejuvenation, replenishment. It happens when we, when we take a break. Living in this overload culture, because of the pace of change that we have, the information overload, right? There's just so much going on, so many activities, unlimited choices. I mean, just think about it. The pace of change, endless activities, unlimited choices, and information overload. Those four factors, they just, they just contribute to overload. And the overload contributes to fatigue, and the fatigue causes us to want to quit and give up. And, and, and if you want to know whether you have margin in your life, just increase your demands by 10 or 20%. If you can still thrive, you have margin. And if you, if you wilt, you don't. Just look at these areas in your life, your emotional, your physical, your time, and your finances. A lack of margin in any of these areas makes you susceptible to quitting. A lack in more areas means giving up becomes very, very attractive. Quitting becomes more attractive than continuing to go on. Establishing margin or increasing margin is crucial. And it keeps you from quitting and giving up and missing out. What if the Norwegians had just quit and said, you know, we're not going to go on? What if they had not had that deal with the uh, Philip 66 and they all just packed up and went home? To this day, 50 years later, they'd be struggling just like they were struggling the 50 years before. But instead, they have such uh, riches, such resources in their country. Maintaining a balanced life, taking periodic breaks, learning to say no. These all help you to keep a balance in your life, eating right, exercising regularly, getting enough sleep. Fun activities, recreation, moving into the summer now, you know, don't let another summer go by. People don't even use all their vacation time. Take advantage of it. Monitoring your use of technology. Too much time with technology. And then the renewed energy will ensure that you can stay persistent and determined. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes for it to happen. And if you can keep casting out your net, keep trying, refusing to, to give up, you're going to reap the rewards. And if you say, yeah, it all sounds good, Rick, but how do you do it? The how is margin. That's the secret sauce. That's the key. Establish margin in your life. Won't happen overnight, but you can get there. And then 
you won't get fatigued. And, and if you're like right at the moment of quitting right now, just don't quit. Get some rest. Take a break. Get rejuvenated. Get restored. Get replenished. And then you can go back after it again. Don't believe the lie that, you know, it's just you got to keep going and going and going. I am as hard a charger as you're ever going to meet. You don't accomplish the things I've been able to accomplish in my life without a huge amount of work and a lot of effort. But I believe in taking breaks. I believe in vacations. I've been practicing it my whole adult life. And I mean, I don't take my laptop with me and my phone so I can check in with the office. People used to never believe this. But then my staff would say, yeah, he doesn't call in. No, we don't get emails from him. When he's on vacation, he's on vacation. Take a vacation and don't take your work with you. And really just disconnect from it all and just rest and just allow your physical self and your emotional self to just be restored. I, we used to go to Cape Cod with, with my boys and my wife as a family. We'd cross over the Bourne Bridge and we'd cross over and I'd say vacation dad. And they, they laughed. They knew what that meant. Vacation dad. That meant less rules, less discipline. <laughs> yeah, vacation dad. Just chill out and relax. And let it restore you so you don't quit and you don't give up. Because you just never know on drill 201, three years later, you may hit pay dirt, my friend, and their rewards will bless you for the rest of your life. Cast out your net again. Keep trying. You'll see great rewards. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.